Hey, Mark. Yo. What's the last place our listeners should go to for legal advice? HWEpodcast.com. <laughs> because there is no legal advice it there. It just doesn't exist None. there. Hostile work environment. Exactly. Hey, an appropriate workplace topic. Hostile work environment. I'm the human resources director. Little Miss Hostile Work Environment. Good morning, Mark. How are you? I'm doing all right, Dennis. A little... <coughs> yeah, you don't sound all right. You yeah. sound like death warmed over. What's going on? Well, it's just that time of year. The, the cold and the flu and the chest cold. And I'm, I'm just... I just can't stop coughing right now. So I apologize in advance. Have you tried not smoking? You know, I smoke at least seven packs a day. <laughs> I'm not sure that would. You can tell you've never been a smoker, is that would not I have even never be even touched possible. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, happy New Year's Eve. Yeah, so we're recording on New Year's Eve. Um, what New Year's Eve at 11:30 in the morning? But so we're already blasted, trashed. <laughs> um, not really. Yeah, no, I don't. Unless, are you guys going to stay up till midnight tonight? No, we're old and tired. Right. We've started celebrating East Coast New Year. So oh, that's a good we idea. We try to get a video of the ball dropping on the East Coast, even though TV delays it for us on the West Coast. Which is ridiculous. Which is annoying. I want um, live ball droppage. <laughs> We've actually got a lot of people who listen to our podcast, which we didn't really expect. Yeah, we thought maybe like my mom... My and mom. Well, my know, mom can't use her phone, so yeah, I don't. And know I'm not sure my listen. mom does a whole lot on the way of podcasts, though. I think she does listen on the website. Yeah, um, that's that's cool. Yeah, uh, but you know, other than close friends, I'm not sure we expected that many listeners. But you know, we're we're pushing ten thousand downloads already after just a couple of months. And I was just looking at iTunes. We have a perfect five point zero rating. From six reviews? No, 57. 57 reviews. It's like Heinz. Heinz? Yeah, 57, 57 flavors. 57 varieties. I, Except I all of ours are five <laughs> stars, so there's not a lot of variety there. But for those of you who have reviewed and commented and liked and listened and all that stuff, we want to thank you. It's been an honor and a privilege. We're frankly humbled by the response that we've gotten. I get emails almost daily from folks or connection requests on LinkedIn. I listen to your podcast and just really wanted to connect. And, you know, to each and every one of those folks who reaches out, we love it. It makes yeah. it makes us love doing this even more than we already did. Yeah. It, we now know that we're just not the echo chamber, which is quite quite comforting it, it is so a, a, a heartfelt thank you to everybody who has listened and has helped us promote the podcast and told their friends about it and we encourage more of that yeah. in 2018 yeah. as we look to grow uh, even more and get and build our listenership and and spread the joy of creating a hostile work environment yeah so if you know if you don't really hate what we're doing, please tell your friends and your family and your moms. Because, you know, if everybody who listened told their moms, I bet, like, you know, this thing would really take it off. Would, it would explode. Explode. <laughs> so thank you. We appreciate it. We're going to take a short break and we're going to be back with an interesting story about overtime claims from unknown employees. Awesome. Awesome. Hey, Mark. What up, Dennis? Do you ever give money to NPR? 
I can't say that I have. Why not? Because I listen to NPR plenty, but if I pay the money, I still have to listen to the pledge drive. And those it, pledge drives are like torture. I I hate like I it makes me not listen to NPR anymore. I know. So we're not gonna do that to our listeners, are we? Go to www.patreon.com slash HWE. And if you do that, we'll promise never a pledge drive. Ever. Our promise to you. Bye. All right. This is this is a fascinating case. All right. So And just by way of letting everybody who's listening know how well prepared we are, I have no idea what Mark's gonna it, talk about. Dennis right has now. literally never heard any of this. Um so good. All so right. fire away. He's, he's I'm in the as same excited you all are. as all of you guys. All right. So uh, we're going to talk about Stephen. I love this doing this with first names. Me too. It, it makes Steven. it feel more real, right? Like so, Steven. And it, that's a real name, right? So Stephen is a businessman in the Tampa, Florida area. He runs several businesses, including a small microchip manufacturing business. Really? That is, yes, really. Wow. I didn't know there were small microchip manufacturers. I thought that had to be huge. Well, they've got to start somewhere, right? Yeah, I guess so. I guess like any business, they've <laughs> got to start somewhere, right? All right. So in 2012, so this all's going on back about five, six years ago, he received a notice of a lawsuit claiming that he had failed to pay some amount of overtime to two of his employees. Okay. All right. That pretty normal those happen we see those every day all the time but here's where it gets weird one of those two plaintiffs is a woman named brenda brenda and there's a funny thing about that stephen had never heard of brenda okay now we just talked about this is a small company small company and stephen was pretty sure he knew everyone there because there simply weren't that many employees. Okay. All right. So still, he finds himself with this lawsuit for unpaid overtime. From an unknown employee. Right. So he looks into it. And interestingly enough, uh, his payroll records show that Brenda had been on the payroll for several months in a couple of different years going back in time. Not consistently, but a couple months here and a couple months there. Okay. She was on the books at making $8 an hour, and over the course of that time, had earned $21,218. Wow, not bad. So, he starts asking around, right? I mean, like, like he's like, who's Brenda? What the heck? Yeah. Right, and found out that, yeah, a number of his workers know who Brenda is. Yeah. But none of them remembered hiring her. And none of them ever remembered her working there. How did they know who she is? We'll, we'll get there in a minute. Okay. So she's on the payroll and asking for overtime that she's never done. And nobody remembers that she's ever worked there. So Stephen starts trying to investigate this. Yeah. So he finds out that Brenda goes out with John. And John is, or was, an employee at the company. He happens to be the other co-plaintiff. Ah, you read my mind. the wage claim. Also, as part of his investigating, he finds out that his payroll coordinator is a thief. (laughs) Okay. And as of the time of the article that I read about this, is now serving 20 years probation and paying restitution for theft 
It doesn't go into whether that has anything to do specifically with the business or not, but it gives Stephen the idea, is what's implied here, that his payroll person was in cahoots. So was the payroll person convicted of stealing from Stephen or the business? Well, that's what I said. It doesn't get into we that level know. of details. We don't, we don't know. We just basing know this off a, con- of, a convicted thief. Right. In this case, we don't actually have the case. I couldn't find the pleading, but we do have a very detailed article. Okay. But I only have what the article gave me. And I'm sure you'll post that in the show notes so Absolutely. everybody can read it. Absolutely. Right. So in the middle of this, Stephen calls the press, goes to the papers. Really? Because he's like, this is crazy. Yeah. Right? I mean, I, I kind of get it. Um, and a reporter reports that he called up Brenda and asked whether she'd ever worked for Stephen's company. She proceeds to call Stephen a vulgar name and hang up on the reporter. Does it say which vulgar name? It, it doesn't. I it just, just want says some a flavor. vulgar name. You can come up with one if you want. Okay. <laughs> I have I have one in my mind. I'm not going to share okay, it. All of you come up with a vulgar name in your mind. Yeah. We're not going to share it here <laughs> for obvious reasons. <laughs> all right. So so now it seems that with such a limited amount of time worked in the aggregate, right, Brenda uh, probably wasn't claiming that much in unpaid overtime. But you and I both know that defending wage and hour claims can be really expensive, right? Oh, it's awful. So, right, that leads me to the question of like, a lot of employers, I think, would just be like, whatever, let's whatever. just settle this for a few bucks yeah. and just put it behind us. Um, it's almost never worth litigating one of these right. wage and hour things. Because yeah. the attorney's fees yeah. are going to be more than whatever the back pay or the, or the, over, or the exactly. overtime is going to yeah. be, which which is wrong, right? Like, that gets me frustrated because of course we people can do this, right? Which we haven't established here exactly what Brenda's MO is here yet, but... It ain't good. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, it's not. It's not. We're going to get yeah. there in just a second, right? So Stephen's like, no, screw that. I'm going to fight this. Oh, good for him. Yeah. So a little bit later on, they depose Brenda as part of the case. And in her deposition, Brenda stated that she was hired by Stephen and one other man to help... Uh, work as a helper for her boyfriend john now i read that to say that maybe it's the payroll manager was also the other person who hired but we don't get into that level of detail in the article okay um but it seems that also at the deposition brenda got a little confused she testified that she worked full-time for steven but also worked a different full-time day job and she testified really? that, yeah, so she said, yeah, I'd sit at my other job making money, but I do work for Stephen's company while I sat there doing nothing for the other company, being simultaneously on the clock for both. Oh, my God. I had that job once. Did you? I really did. What, I mean, what, what happened? <laughs> <laughs> when I was in law school, I had a job working at the law school computer lab. My job was literally to sit there and make sure nobody walked away with the computers. And then I had a research assistantship for a professor, which meant I sat doing online research. So oh, I sat great. at the computer so desk double billing. doing online research, double billing. Double billing, right? Oh, sweet. <laughs> well, Brenda's double billing, except her double billing is it doesn't sound like she's doing a whole lot of work for either of her employers. Well, there's, that's a problem. <laughs> I was providing great service in both of my jobs I have that no I doubt. performed concurrently, I, by I, the way. I know you. I have I had no doubt. absolutely no complaints. <laughs> All right. So here's a little exchange from the actual deposition. 
Uh, question. Uh, so you were getting paid uh, for working at the other employer, but also getting paid for working for Stephen's company at the same time? Yes, she said. And you see nothing ethically wrong with that? How? After a few hours of the deposition, Brenda complained that she had a headache and had to stop. And punchline, because this is pretty obvious. Yeah. Both sides agreed to dismiss the lawsuit a few days later. Oh, good. And they never reconvened. And so uh, it appears also at the time that the state attorney's office was looking into the matter uh, to see if any criminal charges should be filed against Brenda, because clearly this was fraud. I mean, clearly she had never worked. She had not done any work. She was making the whole thing up. And I couldn't find any further information about whether that ever happened or not. So maybe it did. Maybe, maybe it, it did. Maybe it know. didn't. But I, I could see it going there. I mean, that she brought a lawsuit to claim wages or unpaid overtime at a job that she'd already made over twenty thousand dollars, not working at. Wow. Right. And I'm, I'm going to call that a Novertime case. Right. A like, Novertime. Right? I like Novertime. That. Or also known as Teamsters employment. <laughs> Um, (laughs) (laughs) she was a foreman and sorry, 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 Teamsters. No offense. You guys haven't done that in years. It's been a while. It's been years, but that was the Jimmy Hoffa special right there. Right. All right. So, so I found that to be a super interesting fact pattern for a case that like you get sued and you literally have never heard of the person who's suing you. Wow, at, at yeah. a small company. All right. But then I found a little bit more here. And this Uh-oh. this is just kind of on the side. This is not employment related. But so in this story, right, Steven's our hero, right? Right. Like, Sounds like a great guy. My favorite kind of client is the one that would like, you know, throw money at me to go fight something. So, so my searches to find the actual published opinions for any of this stuff led me to some other things. Uh-oh. Okay. It turns out that Steven has a long and checkered past. And present. Really? So first what I found is that Stephen and his business partner in 1995, so this is years before the lawsuit, lawsuit, uh, made front page headlines when their single engine plane crashed into Tampa Bay. Um, And they survived and he's all over the news for that. And then uh, an article I read about something else said that he had been arrested several times as well. Really? Uh, Yeah, now it didn't get into the hows or the whys, but just as background about the story I'm about to tell you. Oh. So in 2006. After the lawsuit. No, this this is is still before. before. This is six years. Lawsuit was 2012? 12, yeah. So this is six years before the Novertime case. He became embroiled in this bizarre lawsuit. He was accused of buying a competitor's computer chips, hiring a Russian engineer to extract the software code, And then he allegedly manufactured and sold counterfeit copies of it using a homeless (laughs) ex-con who had been who had been arrested nearly 50 times and using him as a legal front man. And there's there's more detail there. We're not going to get into it all because it was a tangled web and it's not what this podcast is about. Yeah. Um, But I couldn't find the outcome of it. But it it couldn't have been too bad because. Obviously, he's six years later, business. he's still in business doing his chip business. Wow. Um, and interestingly, what I was able to find is there's still some ongoing patent litigation between his company and this other company wow. uh, today. 
There's wow. cases coming up over the last five, ten years uh, related to that. Not the fraud part of it, but there's other issues going on. It just um, sounds like Stephen likes to be in court. He does. And I'm not done yet. So I found another case. Tell us more. Around the same time as Brenda's case, in yeah. 2012, Stephen was also sued by a worker at another one of his businesses, which was an auto body shop. And Because, you know, computer chips and auto body really tend to go together. They go together. Yeah. Awesome, right? Yeah. Lots of synergies. Lots of synergies. synergies that was the word I was looking word, for. Yeah. yeah. Um, and uh, can you want to guess what the suit was for? Um, unpaid overtime? It was for unpaid overtime. <laughs> so I, you know, found an opinion there, but it was on a side motion. I couldn't yeah. find anything about the outcome of that case. Um, but I did find an opinion there dismissing Stephen as an individual defendant, uh-huh. um, which totally makes sense. Yeah. Right. As the owner, like it's, you sue the business and well, sometimes yeah. you sue them both. You, I mean, you sue them both. Usually that's for procedural, not for substantive reasons. Right. For get or, yourself. Into or it's because you're afraid the that the want. business will declare bankruptcy. And so you sue the, the owner of the, the owner, business in case. Yeah. Yeah. They didn't. It, it was not a compelling argument and he was dismissed from the case. Yeah. So anyway. Oh, good for Stephen. I don't know what else I didn't find, but what a crazy guy. Steven sounds like a great client still. Yeah. He, he's in legal trouble constantly. Constantly. And appears to like to spend money on lawyers. Yeah. And that is the best kind of client out there. Absolutely. Yeah. So what that sort of reminds me of is how tricky overtime cases can be. Because a lot of times, and Brenda, the beauty about Brenda is she did no work. What I see more often are the people that work unauthorized overtime. Right. And then people forget whether the overtime is authorized or not. You still owe them the money for the overtime right. and the time work to begin with. And I mean, that's one thing that we're constantly, constantly, I'm constantly talking to clients about is you have to pay for all the time work, even if, even if you didn't authorize it. Right. You have to pay. You can discipline somebody for working unauthorized oh, time. Yeah. But you, you can still fire have to pay, for, pay them for it. You can fire them. It's just that the overtime better be on their final paycheck or you're going to get in trouble. Right. Which... It sucks. Don't get me wrong. Oh, right? Like, yeah. Because if somebody is out there working hundreds of hours over the course of years oh, yeah. um, in unauthorized time, and then you find out about it later, yeah. right? or, or the Department of Labor comes in and, and asks as oh, part of an that's audit, that's where part. it comes up, yeah. is they haven't put it on their time card. Right. But they say, you know, I've been working off the clock because they told me not not to report it, or they told me I couldn't be working that time. Right. And they say, oh, well, on average... How many hours a week would you say you were working? Oh, oh I'd say on 80. average. Well, right. Yeah. On <laughs> average, I'd say it was, you know, 15 to 17 hours of, of overtime each week yeah. that I didn't put on my time card. Yeah. And then the Department of Labor comes back to you, the employer, and is like, hey. Pay up. Um, pay up. And you're like, um, no. And, right? and, and we're like, we have no records to show that. And the Department right. of Labor says, we don't care because this employee has, you know. Right. And now, I've had a lot of success negotiating those down, but it's never negotiated down to zero. No. Never. Right? It's usually splitting it somewhere in the middle. And yeah. it can still, in the middle, if people are saying that, even if you don't believe that they were actually doing the work, yeah, it can still be six figures in, in back totally. pay and back overtime. And, right? So, yeah. and there's not a whole lot you can do about it. No. And the other place I see it, and then we'll, you know, yeah. move on. But the other place I see it is employees that are struggling with their productivity or their work quality will oftentimes go off the clock 
to catch up and show that they're doing good to avoid discipline, but they're working off the clock. It's well-intentioned. Well-intentioned. And if the DOL comes along or that employee still gets disciplined or fired anyway, they will oftentimes come back and say like, yeah, I was actually doing all this overtime you didn't even know about and could not know about. And that's the real key. You You could owe the money and could not possibly have the slightest inkling that they were doing that and still legally be on the hook for it. Sucks to be you. Unbelievable. Sucks to be you. And on that, uplifting and positive note yeah Um, thanks mark that was a good story why don't we take a break for a minute we'll be right back let's take a break all right so mark as most of our listeners probably know we live in the lovely beautiful pacific northwest green rain green awesomeness yeah mountains Starbucks. Starbucks. Grunge. <laughs> Grunge. Yes. Lots of coffee, lots of pets, lots yeah. of lots of salmon. Backyard chickens. Lots of chickens. Penises in the sky. Penises in Oh. Yeah. Okay. Did, did you that, read the yeah, news no, this I was, week? I, <laughs> so I, I may have seen something about this, but yeah, like this is us bringing you the cutting edge news that you may have missed, news. but that really you shouldn't have. So in our neighbor to the north, the state of Washington, there's a lot of military bases. That's true. And up north, there is a Navy base with Navy pilots. And recently, one of the Navy pilots took it upon, I'm going to assume himself. I shouldn't assume gender, but in this case, I am going to assume gender. Okay. He took it upon himself to fly his Navy jet and using the condensation trail that comes out of the back of the jet, draw a bit of the male anatomy up in the sky. And everybody saw it. Everybody and their brother saw this. It was, it was, it was quite, yeah. quite hard to miss. So there's people that are out, you know, walking around, doing their errands, walking the dog. They hear jets overhead. And if you're around here and you hear jets overhead, you often look up. And then you look up and what's in the sky except the giant twig and berries. Right. Like floating up there. Yeah. And, I mean, we get we get fighter jets over Portland here all the time. We get the National Guard. Right, it's National Guard. The but they, they don't seem to have contrails that, that the, do anything at all, let alone interesting. No. But um, this Navy pilot found a way to make a giant anatomically correct <laughs> phallus. With accoutrement way up in the sky for all of the people of Washington State to see. That's that's amazing. So he used contrails, but imagine like a sky rider doing this. But sure. with a Navy jet, you can make it much more quickly. Um, apparently, most people found this to be absolutely hilarious. Although one mother did call up the news station and complained. I, I mean, I got to say, if I'm sitting at the bar or something or, or anywhere, really, out doing errands or whatever, and I saw that up in the sky, yeah, I would, I'd be dying. You'd probably take a picture. I'd take lots of pictures, send it to my friends, put it on Facebook. And here's what I find really awesome about this. The Federal Aviation Administration weighed in on the controversy and said that they can't police morality in the skies. 
That's interesting. Yeah, so from the FAA's perspective, draw what you will. So so the FAA, different than the FCC in that regard. Indeed. Right? Yeah. That's the first thing I go to. So make it two A's instead of two C's. And, You'd be and in there's trouble. no oh, or vice content versa, yeah. regulation, right? Or as opposed to the FCC, which basically says you can't say anything four-letter wordy on TV. Which is why we are a podcast. That's true. That no one would hire us on TV. Also true. Um, I'm told I have a face for radio, and here we are. Also true. So the only person (laughs) other than one mother who did not find this to be the awesomest thing ever was the pilot's commanding officer, who got him in no end of trouble. I'm sure. So... I mean, what did did he think nobody was going to see it? Yeah, apparently... You know, maybe it was, you know, like Top Gun. Instead of buzzing the tower, you right. draw a giant Johnson in the sky. It, it's a different kind of macho-ness. It is, yeah. I wonder if, you know, as he <laughs> was doing it, if he was like going right into the danger zone. Was that like going on in his head as he's drawing this giant dong in the I, air? I so... <laughs> Our listeners are thinking, yeah, giant penises, guys. That's really funny. What does this have to do with employment, which is what your podcast is supposedly about? The answer in this case is probably maybe not a ton. Um, (laughs) I was thinking the same thing. But then we thought about it and we thought, well, like Navy pilot is that guy's job. Now, if this was a private employer... Like if I was, if I worked for like Bill Skywriting Incorporated and I got in my crop duster and flew around the sky drawing rude gestures, I'm sure Bill could fire me and that would be the end of my skywriting career. Could. I mean, right? maybe that's what you were hired to do and then, okay, because apparently the FAA isn't going to have a problem with it. Yeah, the FAA might have not have a problem, but my boss might. Right. Assuming that you're... You, if, it was not what you were supposed to do. Right. An unsanctioned dong drawing in the sky. Yeah. Gen- you know, might be frowned upon. <laughs> you know, you're using company resources. I was supposed to write Pepsi, but instead I wrote <laughs> penis. It's, it's really easy. It's just a couple it's, it's easy to confuse the two. Um, but if, in this case, it was a Navy pilot. And while I am sure that there is no end of, like, military discipline that applies here and neither one of us has a military background we're far from experts it does make me wonder if if you know do navy pilots have some sort of first amendment right that they get to go up and like write what they will in the sky i i I, it's a good question because right if if you work for a public employer yeah but is it really an employer here but if let's say you were the groundskeeper for a public university and you took your lawnmower and you like mowed a giant penis onto the lawn of the university. I, I'd say. Which, by the way, if you are a groundskeeper, please do that. I think it would send be Send us awesome. pictures of it. Send yeah. us pictures. But I mean, I would assume you're still subject to discipline for that. You can't go out and say like, no, I decided not to do my job right. I because think of the First Amendment. I think it's within within limits what your speech is, time, manner, those sorts of, of qualifications. Right. right? But. It also matters, it's why are you doing it? Was it just because I wanted to get a laugh? Or am I actually protesting something that I have a First Amendment right for in the first place? Maybe the Navy pilot was protesting his commanding officer and trying to make a point. That's a really good way to do it. Look, Commander Johnson, I'm going to draw you in the sky. I don't know. Done. 
Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. It's it's kind of a good question. If any of you are listening and have a military background and have a good sense of what is this more like an employment relationship or not, uh, and what kind of rules might apply there, we'd be super interested to get that feedback, and we will follow up with it on a subsequent episode if we get get more information. And Mark, if somebody listening has that information, how do they give it to us? Send it to us at stories at hwepodcast.com. Cool. Thanks. And we're back. And Mark, it's time for my favorite part of the entire podcast. Do you know what that is? Well, if I go by prior experience, it would be listener-submitted stories. Yeah, we love listener-submitted stories. These are the best, really. They're the best. They're the easiest because all we do is read stuff. But they're also sometimes the funniest. And this one is pretty funny. I can't wait. It's pretty good stuff. So I'm just going to read it and then probably stop and like, you know, make commentary. But um, it's timely um, because it sort of ties into a lot of the Harvey Weinsteinian stuff that's been in the newspaper lately. I have no idea what you're talking about. None. Yeah, you've 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 been a little, you know, disengaged, disengaged from from yeah. media. But their sex harassment has been kind of a hot topic. A big deal of in the news lately. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So this this kind of gets us part of the way there. It a bit of an insight into the workings of the minds of some of the people that we might be reading about today. Okay. So I was working at a PEO company as a recruiter. And when I read this, I had no idea what a PEO company it's is. not jargon I'm familiar with. But you looked it up. I did, right before we started here. It's a professional employer organization, which is a firm that provides, this is according to uh, our friend Google, actually Never wrong. Wikipedia on Google, yeah. provides a service under which an employer can outsource employee management tasks, such as employee benefits, payroll, and workers' compensation, recruiting, rec- Risk, safety, management, and training and development. So I'm familiar with many companies like that. Yeah, I just I've never just heard, never them, heard them referred to. And it's totally relevant to the story. Okay. This is a group of people who do HR for other companies. Uh-oh. And they should maybe know what they're doing. Uh-oh. So. Okay, maybe. We'll start over. I was working at a PEO company as a recruiter. The owner ran the entire business. Okay, so Reading is- these stories... You will understand the culture here. I requested to hire an HR intern from a local college to help with recruiting. The owner agreed, but get this, said I could only hire someone who was hot and would <laughs> look hot in a sexy schoolgirl outfit. Isn't that how everybody hires? Uh, apparently, sexy schoolgirl outfit was the company uniform. Is, is that one of those things that, like... Uh- when you go to, like, the uniform company, you can get, like, oh, I can get, like, greasy overalls. I can get white shirts with a name tag. Or, or you can get sexy schoolgirl school outfit. For everybody. For everybody. <laughs> so, got to hire somebody who's hot and would look hot in a sexy schoolgirl outfit. If I didn't hire someone hot, then I could not hire anyone. Of, I mean, of course not. Yeah. So, what did our uh, erstwhile submitter do? So I did hire a very pretty girl. Wisely, though, she made sure. She was very highly qualified and very smart. Okay. 
So the same owner, after I hired the female intern, was walking by my intern's desk where she was wearing a very pretty yellow dress. He does a dead stop and says to her, what a beautiful dress. Is that new? In the most lecherous (laughs) way possible. So let's try that again. Hey, baby. What a beautiful dress. Is that new? I'm, I'm, I'm so put off by Dennis right now. Yeah. As you should be. He says to her, you look great. Wear those kind of clothes more often. Hey, hey. She had not met him before and said pretty loudly, gross. Who was that old guy? <laughs> I said to her, it's the owner of the company. She was astonished. The owner was in his 40s. Now I'm feeling bad because I'm in my 40s. Now I'm like the gross old guy. Yeah, and you're older in your 40s than I am. So, so true. Yeah. Another time I was sitting at my desk and he walks by and sees a picture of my daughter and says, wow, who's that? I said, my daughter. He comes in closer and says, hey, do you think she would like to make some extra money? What? I mean, you know from an old guy like me, but I have money and she would have a good time. I am now officially skeezed out. Well, I was already skeezed out, yeah. but that's that that takes it to another level. Yeah. <laughs> I was astonished and said, I don't think so. She's a lesbian. And he says Nice out there. Yeah, that's a, a good way out. He says, Yeah, that won't work, will it? So Okay. Maybe not the response I was expecting. No, but okay. And then, at a company-wide meeting, he announces that going forward, we're only going to hire attractive people because clients don't want to deal with people who are old and unattractive. They want to deal with the beautiful people. That will make our customers happy and increase business. Everyone cheered. Yay! No, no ugly people. We provided outsourced HR services to over 600 clients across the state of Ohio and keep them out of trouble from an HR standpoint, and the crowd cheered when he said that. That's unbelievable. Yeah. So our submitter, who we're not going to out you, but wisely, it is clear from the story that this is their prior employer, not their current employer. Yes. Sounds like they made the right choice to get out of there. But, oh, my God. So, I've got a question for you. Yeah, like, go let's, ahead. Let's say that they took age out of that and said, just pretty people. No uglies. No uglies. No fat chicks. <laughs> let's not add that back in. Let's just say pretty versus unpretty. Yeah. Problem? Legal problem? I still think it's a problem. And the reason I think it's a problem is you're almost certainly going to be applying somebody's beauty standards that are going to have some sort of secondary discriminatory effect. And it's going to hit people who are It's going to be a disparate impact, potentially. It's going to hit people who are heavier. Or disabled. Or disabled, maybe. It might have a a racial bias component Mm -hmm. to it. If their idea of pretty is, you know blonde and you know tan versus you know anybody else i I can see no shortage of problems with this yeah you know it's still a major problem 
even though it's not pretty versus not pretty, is not a protected classification. No, I... But I think you've got disparate impact problems all, all over the place. All over the case. And here's the other thing that I'm willing to bet. I bet that the standard of prettiness was more strictly applied to women than men. That's true, too. Especially given the owner's that. other statements about wanting them to look hot in schoolgirl outfits. It's true. So even if they're hiring very attractive over 40 people, yeah, you still got a problem here. Yeah. So first off, thanks for the submission. That, that was, was great. I heard Dennis laughing his <laughs> butt off before we recorded this when, when oh he was God, reading yeah. it for the first time. <laughs> it's a great story. And one of the things that we've been asking for all along here is uh, for all of you to please submit your stories. So all yeah. over LinkedIn and all over social media, people are like, I have the greatest stories. And well, we say, send them. And then you don't. Yeah. So right now we're sitting with about four more stories that we can use, but yeah. we need more. And, you know, three of them are kind of iffy. What? The four, <laughs> usable, four usable. Four I usable stories. I know we get some iffy stories. Right. Know? Or some that are just kind of, they're, they're, they're nice for us to know, but they're not significant right. enough for I mean, we might actually take a bunch of those and cobble them together and some of our second, listeners but. have confused us with penthouse forum and we just need to be clear uh, we, like no no we are this is an employment law yeah, podcast yeah occasionally <laughs> it gets a little blue but that's not what we're here for that's that's right so but i will give you mark's co- personal email address and you can send those stories there <laughs> i appreciate that yeah um my not personal email address which still only comes to me Still is, is where you can submit those stories, which is stories at hwepodcast.com. And notwithstanding all of those things we just said, please send them. Please, please do send them. Even the penthousey ones. Um and where do people find us on the internet, social media, all of that stuff? Hwepodcast.com. Just look for Hostile Work Environment on iTunes, and please leave a review there. You're, you may already be listening to us there, or you're yeah. listening to us somewhere, so you know how to find us. Yeah. At least but your mom level. might not. So when you tell your mom where to find us, this is how. Th- those are the places to go. Those are the places to go. Um, our Patreon campaign is www.patreon.com slash HWE. Yep. Um, please we have, contribute there. We will and have by the some way, announcements. Thank you to our patrons. Yes, they are have, awesome people. We will have some announcements in the next episode about new patrons whose names we can say Ooh, on the podcast. So that I'm will be about fun. That. that kind of spiraled out of control the last time we did it, and I see no reason why that would happen again. None. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, thanks everybody. Have a happy, safe. New Year, don't drive hungover. Yeah, by the time they listen to this, that will already. They're probably sober by then, right? Maybe I don't know. Most people have sobered up by Tuesday morning. Our listenership. Yeah, that's right. Maybe not. Drive safe, people. Uber, Lyft. We hope you had. Yeah, a very happy New Year. All right, take care. Bye. Bye.